Be sure to catch live editions of Rogan and Rodney weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. And don't miss the FNA podcast with show producer Kevin Figures and Clippers host Adam Oslin on the iHeartRadio app. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rob Parker in today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, joined now by the Saltier Adam Osland. Brought to you by Honey, the money-saving browser extension. Fred, you're on top of things today. I appreciate it. There you go. All right. Rob Parker, what's yes, up? Sir. What's up? What's good? What's up? How are you? Hey, I'm your Clippers insider. Whatever you need. You know that. I, hey, you know it. And look, <laughs> I've never faltered the whole time through. And Rob, you've been with the Clippers since they came back down 28 two years ago against the Boston Celtics on the road right after they Do you traded remember to that? Harris. Oh, I don't forget anything. Absolutely. I remember that. That's when I was like, Chris and I had a bad argument on the radio, Broussard and I, because he said, oh, the Clippers don't want to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's going to hurt them with their draft pick. And I was like, you don't come back on the road, right, after you trade Tobias Harris uh for no reason like you know like you're trying to lose you would just lose that game and you know what adam i think they're going to the finals i think they're going to win the last two games just without Kawhi. i love to hear that they're hungry they're eating like you are right now rob i can hear it over there (laughs) yeah um i was eating i'm I'm good now I What's was up? trying to sneak in a little something. I'm sorry about that. It's all good. Maybe. Uh, are, are the Clippers making Phoenix look worse than they truly are? Or are the Clippers far superior even without Kawhi and last night Zubats? Well, that's yet to be determined. They played one game without Kawhi, Serge, and Avica Zubats, and they're still down. they got to win two games. they got to win these next two. At that point, you could say, Phoenix just wasn't ready for this. And as good as they have been all season long, they got all the breaks in the playoffs. With the Lakers, with Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets, and now not having to play Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. I mean, Rob, if you ask me, would this Clippers team lose to the Phoenix Suns if they had Kawhi Leonard, if they were fully healthy? I'd have to say, no way, no how. No, absolutely, 100%. No way, no how. This Clippers team is the best team left if healthy. And they might still be the best team even if they're not with the way Paul George just played last night, which was we thought his best game, the best game of his career was game five in Utah with 37 in a pseudo must win situation. Last night was the real thing. And he had 41, his playoff career high. But it's not even the total. It's going 15 of 20 from the field. That's That's 75%. Fred said that. Fred said it was the quietest 41. I said, Fred, he only took 20 shots. Fred, he had 20 in the third quarter alone. That's a franchise that ties a playoff franchise high. When you're sitting there watching it. Right. When you're just just watching it. You're not 
I mean, he's doing his business. All of a sudden, the points are, are creeping up. But it, it was he was so methodical in what he did. It's like, what? you look up, you go, my God, how many points does he have? Well, things escalated quickly in that second half. He had 30 in the second half, just 11 in the first half, and went 10 of 12 from the wow. field in the second half. He was spectacular, and something else that's been flying under the radar is the fact that he has been great rebounding throughout the playoffs since Kawhi Leonard has gone down. Here's what PG-13's averaging. 31 points, 11 boards, and 6 assists. He wow. has out-rebounded DeAndre Ayton in two of the last three games now. And to do that while you're going small, you normally do that collectively as a team. But for the most part, he has been their best rebounder at times. So when he has these off nights shooting-wise, it's hard to have the legs and do everything. Be the playmaker out there. Play defense, rebound, and be your number one option offensively. And for the most part, Paul George has done it. Here's the other thing, too. And I'm not dissing what the Suns have done. But they're a young team other than Chris Paul who's never been to the finals. And I just wonder, as we, as Fred was there last night, and he, he got the sense of the city and the people. They know, like, they were bummed out, even though they got two chances to win one game and one game seven being in their building. The Clippers, uh, they're, they're frightening because they just keep winning when their backs are against the wall, and they have – veteran players, not guys who have won all these championships or anything like that, but veteran players against younger guys on the Suns who haven't been there. This is their first time being in this, and you notice, Adam, it's hard to close people out. That's the toughest game. But to lose it at home last night with the crowd and how oh, rowdy they were. Oh, they were ready to party, yep. Oh, they thought it was over. There's video out there of guys talking junk to Patrick Beverly pregame, fans <laughs> saying, get ready to go fishing. Well, that didn't happen. Pat Bev has been huge, by the way. But I said this after the Clippers were down 2-0 in this series. So, you know what? They win game three, and that doubt is going to start to creep in with the Phoenix Suns because they're going to go, oh, no, it's going to happen to us now. It happened to the Dallas Mavericks. It happened to the Utah Jazz. And now it's going to happen to us. And even though they pulled off that slugfest in game four, winning by four, to lose that game last night by 14 and get punched in the mouth to start things off where the Clippers were up 20-5, to five, that could be devastating for their mentality moving forward. Coming back to Staples Center, in Game 6 tomorrow night, I expect the crowd to be nuts, just like they were against the Utah Jazz in that yep. Game 6. And the Clippers and some of the young guys have played really good at home, like Terrence Mann going for his career high, 39 points last series to close out the Utah Jazz. So not the same scenario, not a closeout game for the Clippers, just a must win. But Phoenix is going to be in the lion's den tomorrow night. And if they lose that game, I mean, all the pressure's on them anyways. They're, they're the favorites at this point. They were the favorites going into the series without Kawhi Leonard. And now you're down or you're up 2-0. And it looks like the Clippers have that same momentum they had the last couple of series. I don't think they have an answer for Pat Beverly. I think he has, once Ty Lue put him in and put him on Devin Booker. The Wolverine. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think he has disrupted them to a point where they don't know what they're doing out there. He's because he literally is everywhere. Well, he's an irritant, and right. I say that affectionately. He's a pest. That's his job. But he's not just a guy running around doing nothing. Whatever that quote was from Russell Westbrook a couple of seasons ago, saying <laughs> Patrick Beverly trick y'all. 
he is fighting through screens and flying through screens in a manner I've never really seen before. And he's at his peak right now, even with all the injuries that have gone on for him this season. He missed half the year. And he's had major injuries the last two years, and he's in peak form at just the right time. And remember, he didn't play much against the Dallas Mavericks because he was so undersized against Luka Doncic. So he holds... Donovan Mitchell to under 30% shooting, mm-hmm. and now he's doing the same thing to Devin Booker, who just hasn't faced a guy like him before, because he's old school. He's Tony Allen. You know, he's smaller, he's undersized, he's diminutive, but he plays big, he plays with heart, and as Brian Seaman would say, I'll take heart over height any day. Do you remember Lonzo's first game where he... Check Lonzo on the inbounds. Remember that? That's where he got the nickname Mr. 94 Feet. No doubt. (laughs) But I loved every minute of it. And you mentioned Ty Lue. Adam, talk about, because I know people, whenever LeBron is your player and you win a championship, you know, all the credit goes to LeBron and and you're just standing there and you roll the balls out. But Ty Lue has impressed me with the coaching, not being af- afraid to bench guys and not use guys and, and setting up other guys in the best situation. Just talk about some of the things that he's done uh, moved, moves-wise, Adam, that has impressed you. Well, there's two things that stick out right away that are in stark contrast to what we've seen the last seven years. And it's not a shot at Doc Rivers. He's a different type of coach. But right. the accountability and the adjustments – from Coach Lou are just different. His in-game adjustments, we've heard this from coaches around the league, that he is the best with in-game adjustments in the league. And he's proven it now in these playoffs. Being down 0-2 twice, coming back, nobody's done that before in a playoff run. But then also with all the injuries and all the adversity he's had to deal with, think about this. They start off a series staying small against DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns. That's not working. He puts Avita Zubats back in. It works for three games. The last four games now, the Clippers have held the Suns to an average of 95 points per game in the last four. That's unheard of in 2021. Let me tell you something. That means you should have won all four of those games, basically. That's serious. That's that, fair. That off-shooting night in game four was yep. unbelievable. That was tough to swallow. And there was a bad call in a, in a play that wasn't reviewed late on an out-of-bounds call, which I couldn't understand. And a couple free throws that need to be made. Let's Paul George has to be accountable yep. for that. There's no doubt about it. But he sunk all eight last night, and he has responded every time he's had a bad game or a bad moment. But last night, they don't have a Vita Zubats. So everything in this series, in terms of the game plan, was centered around him being the anchor against DeAndre Ayton. And they find a way by going back to going small with Marcus Morris and Batum out there and Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson and Paul George, and they just out-hustle and out-work you. And that's what they did from the opening tip. They they can't out-talent them necessarily right now without Kawhi Leonard, without Avita Zubas, but they can play harder. And that's what they did last night. They've shown that heart and that toughness we saw all season. The name of the game with them is they're just resilient. I've never seen a group this resilient before. And nobody's ever come back down 0-2 in a playoff run before. So there are almost some stats that line up with that. What do we know about Zubats? I mean, he has a sprained right knee. There was a report that came out a little bit earlier. And it was on CBS, and no one was taking credit for it. But it said Zubats and Kawhi were both game-time decisions. Really? But... 
I haven't even seen a reporter's name on it. It was just on the CBS Sports website. Uh, with no name on it, there's a reason why. Yeah, you know what I mean? Put your name on it. Hey, yes, put your name on it is right. So I'm not putting a lot into that, but people are talking about it on Twitter, so I wanted to bring it up because the Clippers, uh, the injury report for today hasn't come up yet, and I don't know if Coach Lou is going to speak today. And we may find out if Kawhi Leonard is questionable or if he's going to be out again. My guess would be it's the same at this point. If if you're not coming back when you're down three games to one right, right. for that must-win game, I would say it's unlikely and they're erring on the side of caution because it's a knee injury and it looks scary. Let, let's, let, let me ask you about Reggie Jackson and oh. where he's blossomed into such a, a good player and a force in these playoffs, and that's how – and I'm not saying he's replacing Kawhi, but that's how you lose a guy like that and you get something from Reggie Jackson that you weren't expecting, correct? He's getting 18 a game in the playoffs, but he's doing it efficiently. 50% from the field, 42% from three. But he has some of that irrational confidence. And that's no disrespect. You have to have that as an athlete sometimes. But he thinks he's the best player out there. It's that type of thing. A Sam- Fred has it as a sportscaster, but that's another story. Exactly. And it's very irrational. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but Sam Cassell had some of that. He always wanted to take the last shot. He thought even when he was playing with the Houston Rockets, whatever team he was on, he wanted to take the last shot. And Reggie Jackson is fifth in points scored in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Paul George is first. Wow. But Reggie has been so efficient in big moments. And the degree of difficulty with some of these shots he is hitting – it fuels the rest of the team. When there's a guy out there playing that loose, that free, that confident, everybody else loosens up a little bit, and it takes some of the edge off, some of the pressure off, and you can see it. And it's also in the locker room. T. Lou was talking about this after the game last night, that before the game, Reggie was talking trash, just getting everybody going. After the game, he's doing the exact same thing. When they were down 0-2, a reporter asked him, like, why does this keep happening? Uh, is this insurmountable at this point? And Reggie looked at him like he was going to give him the KD line. Do you know who I am? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we've already done it. We've come back down 0-2 before, and you're still questioning us? He was irked. He was annoyed because, come on, haven't we proven this? And he just has that level of passion and confidence out there, and you have to have that in a run like this, especially without Kawhi Leonard. He has been as important as anyone, but remember, it was Coach Lou who put him back into the starting lineup in Game 3 when they were down 0-2 against Dallas. Yeah. Hey, hey, Fred, I remember the height of your when you were irrational about your sportscasting career in yep. Los Angeles, and you thought you were better than Ted Dawson on Channel 7. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Fred. You give me some credit. I'm not even from L.A. For me to throw that out to you, right? That Come was on. Impressive. That was big. That that really was big. Okay. Yeah, Ted Dawson. Ted Dawson. And who was on before Ted Dawson? Who was on te- before Ted Dawson on Channel 7? Fast Eddie Alexander. See? I didn't know that guy. The Ted name Dawson. like that. Yes, Fast Eddie. I mean, how long was how long of that career are you going to have? With a name Fast Eddie, was he on a long time? Well, I, I think he ran into some uh, oh some trouble, some legal trouble. Okay, a fast <laughs> career, a quick yes. career there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Freddie's come back to earth though since. <laughs> I think that's what's happened, uh, Adam. Okay, I, I talked about this yesterday, and I, I want to get your take on it. You know, when, when you talk about the Clippers, and inevitably, when you have a team succeed, more people are interested in the team, right? And I said, you know, Clipper fans can make the comment, well. I don't need these bandwagon fans. I've been around 20 years, and 
And at that point, you know, I don't need you jumping on here late. That's not the case. People take notice when something becomes interesting, when something becomes relevant. Have you noticed that, and it's not going to overtake the Lakers, never. It's just no, not no, no, happen. right, right. But have you noticed more interest in the club? I mean, you always want to grow your brand, and I have. Because I've been getting new callers on Clippers Talk each and every night now. People who say, yeah, I've been listening for a while, but first-time caller. And that just wasn't happening when they were losing. And it, it wasn't even happening so much early in the playoffs when they were down 0-2. People were still hesitant to jump on board and oh, start no, people, believing. People are like, oh, here we go. When they were down 0-2, all I heard was they got to blow this up. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It was a flop. It was a bust. Should have kept Doc Rivers. Yep. Doc, it wasn't Doc's fault. First, I mean, I never heard that. And second, if they had not got to the conference finals, it didn't work, Rob. It didn't no, I'm work. just saying, but but they were counting them out before the series was over, Fred. That, that's my point. There's a reason it's a seven-game series, and I've said this over and over. When people, the, the Nets were up 2-0. They got hurt. They lost, right? They were up 2-0. It, it's not in, in the NBA being up 2-0 doesn't mean you're doomed. It just is a long series. It can ch- change quickly, and it's been survival of the fittest to the fullest in these oh, NBA That's where we playoffs. are now, yeah. yeah. It's been a war of attrition. I've never seen anything like it. But to your point, Fred, Clippers want to grow the fan base. <laughs> and this is that time. This is how it happens. Uh, what's the old line that Tom Looney used to always say? Winners have a thousand fathers, losers are an orphan. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not a bad thing because generationally this can make a big difference because kids that are watching the Clippers right now in the playoffs, without the Lakers, they become indoctrinated. They become fans right off the bat, and that could be long-lasting. So this could you know, get them a little more of a footprint in the city than they had. I understand they're never going to overtake the Lakers. They don't have to. The city's big enough to have both. Uh, all right, so let's say we don't know who will win the West. Let's say Milwaukee wins the East, all right? And I think that's going to happen. Well, I mean, do. Trey Young's hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, he's got I a would... bone bruise, but I still think he plays tonight. He play? There's no okay. way he doesn't. Okay, let's just say Milwaukee wins. Because if Atlanta wins, it doesn't matter who comes out of the West, they'll beat Atlanta. Let's say Milwaukee wins. Whoever comes out of the West, will they beat Milwaukee? Are the Clippers going to have Kawhi Leonard back? <laughs> let's say no. Mm. Yeah, That's a tough Kawhi. road to hoe. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi is the Giannis stopper. I told you that story. Don't forget, they were up 2-0. Giannis on Toronto, right? They went into double overtime in game three of that yep. series, too. They could have been down 3-0. But yep. the adjustment made was Kawhi Leonard spoke up in the locker room and said, here's what we're doing. I'm guarding Giannis. <laughs> and that was and it. from then on, he shot below 40%, and they won four straight. At some point... I got to think you need Kawhi Leonard, but there's some magic fairy tale stuff going on with this Clippers team like I haven't seen before. Not just with the Clippers, with anybody. Nobody's come back down 0-2 twice. They've won seven games now when they've been down in a series. Nobody's done that before. If any team can overcome this much adversity, this many hurdles, it's the Clippers, but Milwaukee's good, man. But But this, Adam, might be just... You know how this franchise finally shakes the snake bitten kind of thing by what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like this, like like they're 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 shattering all these records, and this never happened before. But the Clippers have been terrible, and they've kept losing. You know, three one leads and and all that. And maybe this is just 
where the worm has turned. Because I still believe that that Game 3 in Dallas is where this franchise's fortunes turned around. Down 19 in Dallas. Yeah, things look right? bleak. It, sometimes it does take that. The Boston Red Sox had to be down 3-0 to the Absolutely. New York Yankees to eventually they come got, back. Great point. I don't believe in the curses. But <laughs> sometimes it does seem like for a team to get over the hump, you have to go through something like this. The Chicago Cubs, that back-and-forth Game 7, and I think they were down 3-2 in that series. If you remember, they gave up the home run, right? Uh, we had the rain delay. It was yep. epic. And sometimes when you push through something like that, it can forever change your fortunes. And maybe that's what the Clippers are going through right now. It feels like that. I've never seen this much belief from a Clippers team, but also Clipper Nation, where before it was thinking anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Not anymore. People and when were Kawhi believing. got hurt, I'm sure people were like, oh, there we go. Yeah. You know, like, like, this is unbelievable. Am I right? Like. Even when Paul George struggled and went 5 for 20 in Game oh. 4, I saw people saying, he's due. This is his time. And he came through last night with his best playoff game, the best game of his career. So there's something special going on with these Clippers, whether or not they can sustain it, because at some point you can just run out of talent, you could run out of healthy bodies. They're hemorrhaging right now. If they don't get Avisa Zubats or Kawhi Leonard back, they're already down Serge Ibaka, Marcus Morris is hurt. It's tough to push through all of that. But they got the game at home tomorrow in Game 6. And I got a feeling we're going to see another Terrence Mann type of performance. There's a love affair going on with Clipper Nation and Terrence Mann in Staples Center. That just fuels the entire team. All right, the pregame show tomorrow night at 5 right here on AM570 LA Sports. The Saltier Adam Oslin brought to you by Honey. Why has got to be so salty? He just Well, today he wasn't, but he normally is. The money-saving... Browser extension. I was about to get salty if you messed that up, Fred. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Don't mess it up. Get it in there. Love you guys. Good to All talk right. with you, Rob. Yep. Okay, how about some Laker whispers? All right, what do you got? Hey, what do you got, Fred? Right. We're going to whisper when we come back. All right. All right. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Bogan and Rodney. Come on, Ed Rogan and Rob Parker in today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. I don't know if you heard about this story at the Tour de France. Kevin, am I blowing this for its lit? Sort of, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, there was an accident over the weekend when uh, somebody was standing on the side and what they were doing uh, was a woman at the Tour de France. And holding up this giant sign. Have you heard about this, Rob? No, tell me. Okay. Yeah, no, Rob hasn't. Petros goes, really? Yeah, really. He hasn't heard. No, the Tour de France? Sorry, yeah. I'm unpaid attention. Don't you always cover that? Oh, yeah. I was on vacation. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. By the way, where were you? I was in New York eating everything. I ate everything in sight. But you're getting fired up for the next Golden Girls cruise. I wish. Not till 2022. Okay. Sorry. Are you going to book it? Oh, I'm thinking about it. All right. Yeah. They'll only be a year older or two years older than the last time you saw them. They'll be... oh, half of them won't be there. They'll be dead, probably. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this woman is standing on the side of the road, and the riders are coming by. She's got this giant sign, right? Uh-oh. I could already figure out what happened. She got this giant sign. So she leans out with the sign, and one of the riders crashes into the sign. 
and it creates a chain reaction. And like 20 of them go down. Some really got hurt. So that was not a good thing to do. <laughs> that was wrong. You're not supposed to do that. She hightailed it out of there pretty quick. So French authorities are trying to find her. They want to bring her to justice. They want to talk to her. Now the reports are she's left the country. Really? She's left the country. That's how many people are looking for her. They should stop her because doesn't she have the sign with her? No? At the That's right. She's still holding the sign. <laughs> she's still holding the sign. She's trying to drive out of the country. She didn't want to leave any evidence, so she took the sign with her. And she's going through the... Uh... Through security right now at, at the airport. Yeah. So anyway, if you know this woman, call French authorities immediately because they are searching for her and they believe she has left the country. But maybe is it her fault? They ran into her just because she was holding the sign, Fred. Was she on the street well, or did they ride out. into her? She leaned out under the track. That's what happened. She leaned out under the track. One hit the sign and then everybody ran into each other. It was bad. So if you're at the Ontario airport and you see a woman with a giant sign, call the police. They're looking for her. They'll extradite her back to France. Uh, Okay. Rob, are you ready for Laker Whispers? Yes, tell me what you got. The ground speaks. My ear is to the ground. And I listen. Let me give you three free agents that are a better fit than Dennis Schroeder. Shh. Shh. Ready? All right, I'm listening. Okay. That that wasn't really whispering. All right, I'm listening. Okay, good. All right. How about Derrick Rose? Now, he was connected to the Lakers multiple times as a trade target. Nothing ever happened. New York Knicks traded for him early in the season, removing any possibility of the Lakers getting him at the deadline or as a buyout. Let me tell you what. That guy played, and he played really, really well. He took over game two against the Hawks in the playoffs with a vintage Rose performance. He would be an outstanding fit on the Lakers team, likely come off the bench, Lakers running a point guard who does not need the ball as much as the starting lineup. Derrick Rose, shh. He might be a a much better fit than Dennis Schroeder. What time did the Knicks play tonight? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's why he's available. How about Spencer Dinwiddie? He opted out of his deal with the Nets. Unrestricted free agent for the first time in his career. He wants to come home to L.A. He would be a true third best player. Now granted, he had an ACL injury this year. It lowers his value enough where the Lakers might snag him for the mid-level. Keep in mind, he'd be taking a small pay cut by opting out and signing, but he would be guaranteeing multiple years, and he would get a bigger role. What do you think about that? I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Do you? I think there'll be other teams after him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think the, because he was hurt, but before he was hurt, he was a really good player, so I think that they'd have competition for him. All right. I think the Knicks would try to get him, to be honest. Well, they've got money. That's they what would I mean. try to they try to get Damian Lillard. I got one more for you. Shh. Shh. It's always magic with a jump shot. Yes. <laughs> what about Lonzo Ball? I just threw up in my mouth. Yeah. Not as good as expected. 
Played two seasons here. Didn't have time to blossom. His father's an enormous pain and a headache. But since that time, Ball has distanced himself from his dad. More notably, thank God, Big Baller Brand. Jump shot is better. You tried to poison me with that water. You remember on uh, Going Rogan? Oh, that's right. Big Baller Brand water. That's right. Uh, giving up on Lonzo this early in his career may be a mistake. So the hope is maybe the Pelicans will give up on him. He's a restricted free agent. They can match any offer. But what about Lonzo Ball? Those are Laker whispers. I don't know about the repeat performance, Fred, on Lonzo Ball. You know what I mean? It just, I think there'd be a lot of pressure again. You know what I mean? Like, because if he doesn't play well or people be like, oh, see, what do we do? Why do we bring this guy back? We got rid of him. I, I I don't know if that would work. The other two, I, I hear you. Well, here's the thing about Lonzo. I, I don't think it works here either. Zoe is magic with a jump shot. Actually, no, he's not. But uh, here, here's why I don't think it'll work here. Because it went so poorly the first go-round. And unfairly, the expectations were so high. I right, think magic that, said that his jersey was going to be up in the rafters. Remember yeah, How that? in the world did they buy into that? I don't know. It's fascinating, given what LeVar Ball did. How did they buy into that? I know that in that draft, he was a consensus top pick, top three pick. I, I got all of that. But he was not, what? Fred. He was like top seven-ish or so. He was not but consensus it, top but three. But you know what it was? I, I'm going to tell you. It was his dad. Yes, but, but Magic was afraid. Like, he's a local kid who played in the Lakers' backyard. If the Lakers didn't take him and he wound up being a star, you know, people would be like, how did Magic blow that? This kid's right there. His dad's talking up a big game. So there was a lot of pressure, you know what I mean, that you can't blow that for a local kid who played right in your backyard. The Lakers could have watched every single moment of this guy's college career up close. So they couldn't blow it, and I think that was the pressure on why they felt compelled they had to take him. Maybe they should have been compelled to take Jason Tatum. I agree with you, but you, but you get my point, though. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I really think what it was, and it was brilliant marketing, and I think to the detriment of his son, but it was all of our ball uh, bragging, yeah. yelling, convincing everybody that Lonzo was the greatest thing in the world. It was a terrible position to put your son in. I understand he's in the NBA. I got it. He's a man now. He's getting paid. But, boy... To put that kind of expectation and pressure on your son was cruel. It worked. He got to the NBA. It worked. But I don't see him coming back here. I don't think you can redo that. You know, I don't think you can revisit it or walk that one back. Then with Derrick Rose, he had a hell of a year for the Knicks. You don't deny that, Rob. He played very well. He did. I just think I, I would take Spencer Dinwiddie out of those three if you gave me a chance. Because he's coming just he's coming off an injury. It's not whether or not he can play. You know that guy can play. And I would agree with you. That would be my choice. Spencer Dinwiddie. He'd be an absolute, he'd be the third best player on the team. He'd be that guy that you could count on. And he would probably deliver something that Schroeder wasn't able to deliver, at least in the playoffs. I mean, he, 
if you look at what happened with Schroeder this year, and he had moments where he was really good, and he had moments where he really wasn't, but the thing I can't get out of my mind, I just can't, and maybe it was lost in the translation, maybe it was the way they handled it, was they went to him a couple of times and said, let's get this deal done. We want you. And each time he said no, because he knew if he waited longer, he'd get more money, and that if he waited longer, he'd be eligible for more. I understand that. You know, it's $5 million, and if it's $5 million, you go, that's not much. Unless it's your $5 million, then it's an awful lot. So from right. a business perspective, I understand that. And especially in the NBA where a lot of guys, Fred, who are not that good are making a lot of money. Yeah, so I get it. But, you know, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. We want you, and we're going to take care of it. Nope, not now. Okay, we're going to come back and do it again. We're telling you we want you now, and we can pay you a little more. We want you. And when he said no again, I went, I just, I don't know, Rob. You know, I'm only going to ask you out so many times. I'm only going to give you that opportunity, right? Will you marry me? No. No, you're right. After a while, that's it. Okay, will you marry me again? No. I can't blame him necessarily for trying to bet on himself. Now, the problem is he turned down the contract extension and he didn't live up to it afterwards. So maybe he's regretting it from that standpoint, but I don't think anybody in his situation, maybe some would have signed and re-signed, but he said, I've never been a free agent before. I want to see what the market looks like. And it's probably dried up a little bit considering how he played in the postseason. But I don't know if you can necessarily fault him for saying, I don't want to sign an extension right now. This is my first opportunity to be a free agent to see what other deals I can get on the free agent. And Kev, let's be honest. The Lakers did lowball them. I think they offered as much as they could. Yeah. I think no, they offered but, as but, much as they but, possibly could. But, but not enough, I think, where his representation said, if you wait, you know what I mean? All you need is two or three people to be interested in you, and that drives the price up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's why. But, you know, you never know. You could be injured. All kinds of things happen. When people put that kind of money on the table, remember, it's all guaranteed. It's hard to not sign. If you're the Lakers, do you want him back again? I don't think they can bring him back. Unless they find a suitable replacement, they have to bring him back. They can't just let him walk and then sign somebody else off the street who's going to be as good as he is or productive no, but as he is. I, I know, but but he, they don't, he doesn't feel good is what I'm saying. I, I know what you're saying, but if you bring him back and say he's not good again or whatever, people will be really, people will be really bent out of shape because – when they really needed him, he wasn't there. And, and I think that's what makes it harder to bring that guy back. Yeah, but- it, it, was like, it was like bringing Doc back, seriously. I, I mean, a lot of people thought the Clippers were making a mistake. That was the right thing to do. It just wouldn't have felt good after choking down a 3-1 lead to bring Doc back. And by the way, they did try to trade him. So, you know, Jovan Buha and Bill Oren both had that report in The Athletic. They tried to trade him away for Kyle Lowry at the deadline, but they weren't willing to give up on Taylor Horton Tucker, and that was the sticking point in the deal. So it's not that the Lakers were not willing to get rid of him. And that's another that you know that's another point. They weren't willing to give up on Taylor Horton Tucker. Right. They weren't willing to give up on their future. But for the oh, Lakers, their future is now. Right. I, don't I know agree. I think that was a mistake that they didn't do that, for real. Because when you have a LeBron... Uh, with the with the days and the you know seasons uh, winding down, and and Anthony Davis and just the situation you're trying to win now and put yourself in that situation, and uh, Kyle Lowry would have been definitely you know an upgrade. I know he's an older player, but he still was playing well, and if you could get a couple years out of him and be 
a part of a big three. That would have been better for the Lakers. Yeah, unlike the Clippers, as it, it has played out, their depth is better. I mean, nobody expected Reggie Jackson to play this way. Terrence Mann couldn't get off the bench for Doc. He's playing very well, and he's very young. But for the Lakers, every year, it's the future is now. This is it. When you have LeBron James, the clock is ticking. By the way, in professional sports, the problem they don't do it like this is because it is a business. But in every year, it should be the future is now. Every year, every team, the future is now. Your objective in professional sports is to win every year. Right. There used to be a time, you remember when everybody had three- and five-year plans. That's out the window. No general manager is going to be around for five years if you're not winning. Or coach. Yeah, I guess And to a similar discussion we had a little bit earlier, when it comes to Taylor Horton Tucker, can you, if he ends up turning into an all-star player. Right, and that, you're screwed, right? Exactly. If you if you trade him away and you don't win a championship with AD and LeBron and he ends up turning into, you know, one of the better point, top five point guards in the NBA, you know, that's a tough one to swallow. Now, we can either have revisionist history and say, like, oh, I said they never should got rid of him. Or you can say, look, it was worth it. We were trying to win now. It didn't work out. I would do that move a trillion times over. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong. I think it's a matter of perspective. But when you do have an aging star like LeBron, an injury-prone star like Anthony Davis, if you have, feel highly enough about Taylor Horton Tucker that he can be a foundational piece and possibly be a star player, I would understand why you wouldn't be hesitant to give up on him. And to be fair, let's say they made that move. All right, but let's say everything played out the way it did. AD gets hurt, LeBron gets hurt. And I mean, you have Lowry, who's good, but he's not carrying you anywhere yeah, by himself. Right, he's not going to take you anywhere. Yeah, right? but but him and LeBron are going to be better than Schroeder and, and LeBron. I, I, I don't know. I just think when you have LeBron on your team, it's got to be about now. And I get it. You're going to have to – you have to give to get. Like, I don't understand. Fans want you to give away the last three guys on the bench for some other team's star. That's not how it works, right? You have to give up something – to get something, and what they needed now was a veteran player, and uh, sometimes you have to do that. I, m- I remember um, what was the uh, famous uh, Detroit Tigers gave up John Smoltz, right, uh, in a trade for uh, Doyle Alexander. Yeah. And, and guess what? Doyle Alexander helped them win the, the, the division and get to the playoffs, but – John Smoltz became a Hall of Fame pitcher. Do you know what I mean? Like, which one do you want? Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's why it's so tricky when you're trying to make decisions like this. Trevor McGill? Kevin, is it Trevor McGill? Oh, good. We often don't talk about Trevor McGill, but we will. I mean, that is just sad. (laughs) Sad sack of the day. All right, here we go. You know, we have to do this. We really have no choice. We have to acknowledge those who have earned our respect. <laughs> Sad sack of the day, Chicago Cubs relief pitcher Trevor McGill. Now, why do we acknowledge Trevor? Well, he's from Huntington Beach. That's a good thing. He had a night to forget as he allowed six runs on four hits, didn't record a single out in the loss to Milwaukee. At least he was consistent. Exactly. It was the Cubs' fourth loss in a row. They trailed the Brewers by four games in the NL Central. Again, today's sad sack of the day is Trevor McGill of the Chicago Cubs. Well-deserved honor. Okay, coming up next hour, I know you want to get into this, Rob. Uh, Scotty Pippen saying Phil Jackson was a racist. I, yeah, I just, some, some, you know, when you throw that stuff around, man, you got to have some, you got to have something, Fred. You just can't throw that around lightly. No, I know. So we'll get into that coming up next hour. 
Plus, we have to get caught up in everything that's happened today, and we will do that with It's Lit next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.